0: Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and other experts in the food and beverage industry about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Last week, the Food Navigator USA team converged in Chicago to attend IFT's annual food expo, which included 1,200 exhibitors featuring all kinds of ingredients, and a few finished products as well. Walking the show floor, it was clear that cleaning up labels and ingredient decks is still a major focus for the industry, as is finding ways to reduce sodium, sugar, and calories without using artificial or quote-unquote chemical-sounding ingredients that consumers find off-putting. And of course, manufacturers want to do this without dramatically or negatively impacting their product quality. While this is a tall order, I caught up with several suppliers at IFT that were showcasing innovative solutions to help manufacturers balance these priorities and still meet reduction targets set by regulators and by consumers. So let's break this down and take a closer look first at sodium reduction efforts, which just got a big push in June when FDA announced ambitious sodium reduction targets for food manufacturers and restaurants to meet in the next decade. In draft voluntary guidance released June 1st, FDA actually set two goals for sodium reduction that are aimed at preventing upwards of 500,000 premature deaths from heart attacks and strokes in the next 10 years. The first goal is for manufacturers and restaurants to help reduce Americans' average daily sodium intake by almost 12% to about 3,000 milligrams per day. This is still substantially over the current maximum recommended intake of 2,300 milligrams per day. But the agency recognizes that sodium reduction will take some time so that Americans' palates can adjust. Otherwise, consumers are just as likely to reach for the salt shaker at home or products with higher sodium to meet their current taste preferences. With this in mind, FDA will give companies 10 years to help consumers cut their average sodium consumption an additional 23.3% to that 2,300 milligrams per day mark. Like a lot of guidances and policies that FDA pushes out, some people loved these goals, others hate them. But the reality is, is that Americans are eating too much sodium and something has to give. And many suppliers at IFT really rose to the challenge of helping manufacturers create lower sodium products that are just as appealing to consumers as the original formulas on the market today. One of the more interesting solutions that I spotted came from Shelta, a Dutch company that has been developing ways to use mushrooms to reduce sodium by up to 50% across a wide range of applications. The company's CEO, Jan Clerken filled me in on the company's efforts.
1: So, we've been trying to, to come up with a solution uh, based out of mushrooms uh, that can actually increase the, the flavor profile of your foods. Um, one of the things that we've been doing is uh, uh, we've been investigating the, the mushroom extracts that we make. And one of the things that we discovered in there is that there's uh, some glutamate and some uh, uh, guanolate in there. Um, The guanolate in combination with the glutamate, they make a perfect uh, marriage, so to say, uh, when it comes to increasing flavor in foods. Um, We then went forward, setting up our own test panels, seeing where, um, if we could, with our powders and extracts, Add more flavor to products, and then from that point of view, also reduce the, the total amounts of sodium used, or even replace MSG or AYE or all those non-natural ingredients. Um, and we've been actually quite successful in that, um, moving around the entire world now with this principle, uh, introducing uh, new products to the range every year, uh, trying to come up with with uh, customized solutions for uh, the bread industry, for the meat industry, uh, for soups and sauces, and trying also not only to look at the flavor, but also to look at uh, part functionality, and uh, therewith trying to uh, meet the demand of customers.
0: In addition to working well in both savory and bakery applications, Shelter's taste accelerator technology is different from some competing solutions on the market and that it's potassium free.
1: We, we found a proprietary sh- uh, solution or, or a formula where we incorporate our mushroom extracts together with uh, not potassium, but calcium chloride. The reason why we went for calcium chloride is, is very simple because we want to stay away from the whole potassium-sodium uh, discussion. Uh, potassium has been um, a solution that has been working for a lot of people. But nowadays, people are not on, on the lookout for that anymore uh, because of the bitter flavors it, it, it gives. Calcium also does have those bitter flavors a little bit, uh, but we can actually easily mask them with, uh, with our mushroom extracts. So uh, because of the, uh, the calcium chloride we use, uh, specifically the chloride part helps in, in improving the, the dough quality uh, and inhibiting the yeast uh, to to grow, uh, and also of course in uh, f- forming the, the gluten structure. So that's something that uh, that we came out with uh, two years ago, and it's a solution that uh, that has been working. It has been uh, uh, in a, a Dutch bakeries for uh, for quite some time now. Uh, they made a, like a premium line of breads with it, uh, which they call healthy breads. Uh, so um, I, I think that, that market still needs a lot more attention, but the initial results were good and uh, we're now trying to find customers worldwide to, to adopt this type of, uh, of products in their assortment as well and see if they can either bring a, um, a product to the market that is a, either a premium or a lower in sold only or whatsoever.
0: Another interesting solution that I came across at IFT was Lyco Red Santé, which is made from tomatoes but comes in a neutral-tasting natural liquid or powder, and which the company says in marketing materials is, quote, designed to balance roundness, intensity, and lingering in taste, unquote. This one caught my eye in part because it's used to reduce sodium up to 30% in many applications, without impacting the taste perception or needing MSG or other artificial ingredients. But what really blew my mind is that it can also be used to reduce sugar. Who would have guessed that tomatoes could help cut sugar 25% in a strawberry banana smoothie and still have it taste exactly like the original formula? Christian Lippert, who heads up food marketing for LycoRed, explained exactly what sante is and how it works.
2: So LycoRed produce a product called Santé that's uh, coming from our own special breed of tomato. And because it's coming from tomato that's naturally rich in lycopene, um, it's also rich in natural taste compounds that create a umami effect. So in order to reduce salt or even remove MSG, what's called ING, uh ribo-nucleotides, yeast, or any other maybe less attractive ingredients like HVPs as well, uh, you can actually use sante to increase the umami taste effect to enhance taste of the other ingredients in the recipe and still reduce salt. So we have concepts over here that have been developed by an external chef uh, who is called the new product guru in this company he works a lot with menu menu innovation. Um, he does a lot works a lot of uh, does a lot of work with external retailers, food service chains, and he's reduced sodium by over 60%. Across a number of concepts that are typically very popular in retail or food service. So he's used a ballpark of typical existing products and the, the levels of sodium that they have and reduced them quite dramatically, taking out any other artificial type taste enhancers or MSG and adding Santa instead at a, a level of about 0.5% or 0.7%. Um, so one one concept is a vinaigrette that is reduced sodium by over 67%. He also has a ranch dressing, a marinara sauce, and he also has shown a banana strawberry smoothie where uh, they've reduced sugar by 25%. So Sante can actually help reduce salt, but it also can reduce sugar. So it's interesting because it's it's taste-neutral. It doesn't taste of anything. Even though it comes from tomato, it just has a umami effect that's enhancing what's in the recipe. So it's just almost magnifying the taste that's there. It's also very clean label. It can be declared as tomato concentrate. So it's very simple. It's tomato. It's real food. It's extracted from that. We're totally vertically integrated. So we're very clear about the safety and traceability of all of our ingredients. So from that perspective, it's clean label, but also something you can trust and know where it's come from. Um, We also like the fact it's fitting the trend of clean too clear label for consumers. So consumers are very comfortable with a word like tomato on a label. So you say tomato concentrate, something that wouldn't scare them. It's just a chemical. It's fruit that everyone is aware of. So that's a really positive opportunity for a lot of manufacturers to shorten their ingredient list. We use ingredients that are recognized and acceptable to consumers as well.
0: Several other ingredients at the show also pull double duty on sodium and sugar reduction, including several yeast extracts from BioSpringer. Marilyn Steve, who's the marketing manager for BioSpringer, explains how yeast extracts can help with both sodium and sugar reduction, and also lend a hand in fat reduction by adding a creamy mouthfeel to end products. She also addresses several myths about yeast extracts and underscores how they fit well with the general move towards more clean labels.
3: Yeast extract um, is a natural ingredient, it's fermented from yeast and then With the help of natural enzymes, we're able to break the cell wall of the yeast and actually extract out the inside of the yeast cell, and that's what traditionally has been known as yeast extract, and it's been used for hundreds of years as a flavoring ingredient. We actually at this year's IFT show um, featured a couple uh, applications um, showcasing the use of yeast extract both to reduce um, sweet sugar in sugar reduction systems as well as showed a brand new organic yeast extract that we launched at the IFT show this year in a snack application with uh, reduction in sodium. Um, So if we start first um, on why yeast extracts can work so well in reduced sugar systems. We featured a granola that had a 25% reduction in sugar. And what the yeast extracts can help to do, um, in this particular uh, demo, we were actually featuring two different yeast extracts. One yeast extract helps. Bring through a lot of helps enhance I mean yeast extracts are, are enhancement agents and it helps to enhance some of the caramel brown notes um, that can tend to be lost um, in a in an application where you're reducing the sugar at the same time we used a yeast extract that just has a an overall flavor enhancement um capability so it can help boost um, some of the or potentiate some of the overall sweetness and fl- round out the flavor, and so the combination of the two ingredients or yeast extracts, I should say work very well in you know a granola type application where you're trying to reduce your sugar by twenty five percent. We also uh, sell yeast extracts commonly into reduced sodium applications or reduced salt. Uh, They work wonderful in in allowing um, food technologists to reduce their salt content. I mean, we've we've had uh, projects where we've gone as low as 30 percent salt reduction, which really, you know, yeast extracts really, again, it's kind of the same mechanism. Um, They're helping to enhance and round off the flavor. Um, So enhance that salty perception. So this year at the IFT show, we actually featured a brand new organic yeast extract in a snack application where the yeast extract um, helps, you know, bring back some of those salty notes and and, um, enhance the overall flavor, umami type characteristics of the food product. We've also done a lot of work with fat reduction. Um, We have one particular yeast extract that really helps enhance creamy notes and so that's a a yeast extract that can be used um, in a fat reduction type system. Um so they are you know they do have application if you're trying to reduce your fat or your and still build back some of the flavor profile that you might lose through that reduction. I think it's also interesting another major trend we're seeing is this push towards clean label and recognizable ingredients and it seems like a lot of the ingredients used to help reduce sodium or fat or sugar have long names. Can you mm-hmm. sort of- talk about this trend and and how you guys fit into that as well sure so yeast extracts um, and and we've just completed um, a really major consumer study of over a thousand consumers really trying to get a better understanding of what consumers think about yeast extracts on a label and we're really promoting specifically here at Biospringer that food manufacturers consider going even a step further around point of origin of the yeast and what I mean by that is we're recommending and we have good consumer data that shows that consumers like this as well we're recommending that you label um, as a baker's yeast extract if you're using a you know a baker sourced um, yeast extract or a brewery brewer's yeast extract if you're using a brewer's type extract Um, it seems like you know from our consumer data and from both focus groups as well as phone interviewing of you know well over a thousand consumers, you know, it seems like consumers like that sense of origin. Um, and and there's a lot of there's a high familiarity with baker's yeast, you know, because of you know the tradition of using yeast in the baking applications. Um, so we're really you know recommending that as a label deck to kind of fit well with this trend of transparency, clean label, um, you know, consumer-known ingredients.
0: Fibers are another natural-sounding ingredient that can help with sugar and calorie reduction and still maintain a clean label that consumers are looking for. As Doris Doherty from ADM, which markets Fibersol, explains fiber is a particularly well-positioned ingredient to handle the functional elements of sugar reduction while significantly cutting calories. Fibrosol being um, having very, very much sugar-like functionality,
4: um, it's well positioned for that for a lot of different reasons. And, and it's, um, the Fibrosol 2 contains only 2 grams of sugar per 100 grams, so 2% sugars. Um, so it's, it's low in sugar, it's low in calories, it um, it's also offers glucose attenuation. So um, helps with um, keeping our glucose blood levels steady state rather than wide swings. Um, Its uh, sugar-like functionality is used like a corn syrup or a maltodextrin or even sugar. So anywhere that there's um, those ingredients, it can be used to replace them. It's not as sweet. um, It's only 10% sweet as sugar but um, high-intensity sweeteners can be used and often are used in combination.
0: Those high-intensity sweeteners often have sort of an off note. To what extent can this one help sort of round those out? Um,
4: We often formulate, and and in many beverages, Fibrosol is there at a low level, say half a percent, um, to help to round off those off notes. So... Um, it's often
0: considered in, in that type of application. Um, speaking of applications and fl- platforms, you guys just launched a new version. Can you? I think you mentioned it, but can you talk a little bit more about the... Um... Fibrosol 2L. Mm-hmm. fibersol 2L
4: is um, a liquid version of Fibrosol 2. It is um, 30% um, moisture and um, 70% fiber, um, it is basically for bulk handling and can be ease of dispersion as well as um, a, a functional benefit, is particularly in low moisture systems. So it can help um, when we're making a Nougat bar because it's essentially a prehydrated form of fibrosol. It helps to um, make more plasticity than fibersol 2. Fibersol 2, which is the powdered form, helps to make the bar more firm. So we actually use, in the um, bar we have at IFT, we actually use a blend of both of them to get the right texture we want.
0: When thinking about sugar reduction as a way to cut calories in finished products without sacrificing sweetness, It's hard not to think about stevia, which has become a household name in the last five years and is increasingly popping up in products across categories. At IFT, I caught up with the International Stevia Council to talk about how the ingredient is helping manufacturers meet these macro trends, as well as how stevia is evolving as more research becomes available. Nathan Yates, the business director of InLight and North America Sweetness Innovation at Ingredion, chimed in on the issue, followed by Chris Peterson, the communications manager with the International Stevia Council.
5: Certainly the trend towards naturalness is lending itself quite well to stevia. Uh, So it's really, in in my view, uh, two macro trends kind of coming together. One around, you know, caloric reduction, diabetes prevention, all these sort of health-related things and then just the more naturalness trend in general um, come together very nicely for Stevia. It's a great solution.
0: I think an outgrowth that we're seeing from the natural trend is this desire for simple ingredients that you can pronounce.
5: You know where they came from. Mm
0: -hmm. And it seems to me that Stevia really fits into that because you are a household name now. Yeah,
5: that's absolutely correct. And we continue to see, you know, consumer awareness rise. I mean, when I, First started in the industry maybe four or five years ago and had to explain to people what stevia was that weren't in the food industry you know sometimes it would take a little while and now everybody knows almost instantly you can go have a conversation with somebody on the corner and yeah I know what stevia is
2: and... we did a study of online conversations uh, related to search uh, any kind of online chatter social media and we measured uh, what we call net sentiment and that's uh, whether the conversation is positive whether it's negative And one of the the key takeaways was that compared with all the other uh, non sugar sweeteners, stevia has the most positive uh, perception. It's still, uh, in terms of awareness, it has a ways to go, but overall it's still very positive. Uh, And and the reasons we saw over and over again were uh, that it is natural, uh, that it is safe, that it is healthy, whereas the others, um, for you know, whether it's fair or not, they can be tainted. Uh, one way or another, but Stevia is still, uh, we still have the natural halo.
0: So obviously Stevia is checking a lot of boxes right now for the Mm. consumer, for the manufacturers. What are the challenges that it still faces? Well,
5: I mean, I think some of the early products with Stevia, quite frankly, came on the market, quite frankly, weren't that great, Um, both from a consumer goods perspective as well as even some of the ingredients. And I think... Uh, some consumers' initial experience with stevia maybe wasn't as positive as it could have been. And so there's still some catch up to do as we evolve the taste profiles and come up with new blends to make the deeper caloric reductions and, it's, and to make it taste better. I think it's still a bit of a challenge to go back to that same consumer and try to get them to say, hey, try stevia again. You know, it may not have been so good the very first time, but it's changed a lot and you should try it. And I think we're starting to see that again as we see larger food companies start to take their mainstream brands, their flagship brands, and have to give a Stevia-based option to those. Um, and so, you know, they're willing to take that step forward and it's clearly consumers are giving it another
0: shot. One way Stevia suppliers are overcoming this challenge is by increasingly working with blends of different glyphosates as well as unlocking and scaling of new, better-tasting stevia molecules. Obviously, this is just one small sampling of the potential solutions for helping manufacturers reduce sugar, sodium, fat, and calories in their products, but hopefully they give you an idea of the scope of ingredients available for making products healthier. That's all we have time for today, but I want to thank everyone for listening, and I hope you'll tune in again next week when we explore how the do-it-yourself movement is impacting the food and beverage space. Until then, I'm Elizabeth Crawford, signing off.